0: Welcome everyone to another episode of the Avishon podcast uh, before we hit record Chris asked me if we could be done by 815 uh, Chris I know you said that so you can go get some ice cream, but is the truth of this the fact that you really just want to be able to sit there and watch all of game one of the cup finals that starts tonight.
1: How did you know No. well <laughs> that's just the cherry on top full pun intended there. Oh God don't even get, don't even try me with the Don cherry reference. Oh, well, that's double. That's double pun. You pulled another pun out of that. I was Uh, just saying because of the ice cream reference.
0: Yes, I'm aware. (laughs) All right. Well, either way, uh, as it is, you know, apparently obvious the Stanley Cup finals start tonight. We've got Colorado. We've got Tampa Uh, right off the bat. I'm not even really going to talk about the game. I'm going to talk about like the strangest storyline that can come out of this uh, because it, it can go one of two ways. Tampa can be the first franchise since the eighties Islanders to three Pete, or Corey Perry can become the first player to lose three straight Stanley cups. So Chris, I ask you this with all sincerity. If Tampa loses this series, how quickly does Corey Perry turn in his retirement paperwork? Because he is clearly the world's biggest jinx.
1: Oh man. I mean, that's hard to say and it's funny because the the last guy to really have that much of a bad luck like finals bad luck is marion hosa who hopped between the pens and the wings and ultimately ended up winning it with the Blackhawks. um but in back-to-back years he was on i believe the red wings first and then the next year he was on the pens and they met in back-to-back finals and flip flopped of, of who won so yeah, it's safe to say Corey Perry has stolen that title from Marion Hossa. Um, I don't know, man. Corey Perry has a cup, and honestly, he still holds a lot of value, especially in the playoffs. He's a scumbag, but that's what makes him good. I mean, he's definitely a prime example of a player changing their their game as they get older, right, to adapt to whatever they have going on. Um, Skill-wise, and obviously him slowing down earlier in his career, he—I'm pretty sure—he broke fifty at least once, fifty goals, and he definitely won the Rocket Richard at least once, but I want to say multiple times. Was more of a sniper, and as you know, he's aged. It's kind of like a you know a fine wine type of type of deal where he's gone into this like bruiser in front of the net, just like you know hard nosed player and obviously it holds you know value because three years in a row we get the stars granted they lost the habs then they lost and now ultimately tampa and hopefully they lose too
0: (laughs) i mean it's it's gonna be interesting for sure uh if there was only one franchise that could keep him from getting uh this far so that way he couldn't experience his heartbreak again uh would be the answer to our trivia question from last week which is which franchise has the longest uh, time without making it to the playoffs in the NHL. Uh, That is the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, So meant to put that at the beginning My apologies, but the answer to last week's question, Buffalo Sabres. Uh, We will have another, another trivia question at the end of this episode for you. So make sure that you're listening all the way through. Uh, And then you of course come back next week for the answer. But uh, so moving back to the series, I will say that what I expect to happen is I expect Tampa to come out tonight, and I expect them to win. Uh, Much like I kind of said the last time we talked about the potential for this matchup, I think it's going to end up going a lot like Tampa's series with New York did, just Tampa being on the wrong side of things now. So I think Tampa will win either the first game or two uh, while Colorado shakes the the, uh, rust off. And then I think ultimately Colorado's the best team. So once they kind of get their legs under them again, get moving in like real game action, I get the feeling that they're going to take a strong stranglehold of this series and just kind of, you know, sit there and go, hey, this is our cup to lose. We're not going to lose it. So where where do you see things going?
1: I see a six or seven game series, exactly what you said. Um, It's going to be... Interesting to see how the Avs do come out. Um, obviously, they've had quite a stretch off. Granted, game one is in Denver. Um, we talked about this last week with the altitude. That had, does that benefit them, and you know, in keeping their game legs together a bit. Um, Colorado has a team that hasn't necessarily been there. Um, notably, I, I, I can think of Andre Burakovsky might be one of might be the only avalanche player actually now they think about it that, that has a cup um, maybe Jack, Jack Johnson might have won one with the pens but regardless obviously it's kind of like I don't wanna say David versus, David versus Goliath but you have the most experienced playoff team in the league currently playing a team that has never been this far before obviously different factors come in once the finals roll around all the eyes are on you as if they haven't been all playoffs but more so um, you know it's the finals so you have more family members in town. Um, I know that when the caps won it there was a they voiced uh, after the fact that there was extreme pressure on them to win that game five because they knew that they would be going back to DC and dealing with the family and whatnot and it probably would have ended up going the full seven. And no one wants a game seven for the for the finals, except for the fans. Of course, <laughs> and and uh, yeah, I I fully expect the Avalanche to just I, I don't want to say roll Tampa, but the Avs are just uh, I don't want to say the best salary cap era team because they've underachieved the past two years in the playoffs, but man. They they can play a little bit of everything, and um, I think it's safe to say Tampa cannot. Tampa has a very specific way that they have to win games. Um, the 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 big arrow though that does go to Tampa is Vasilevsky and Net, hands down, way better than the Avs goalie tandem. Um,
0: he is, no... but it also feels like he's been figured out a little bit this playoffs now. Of course, you know he still has the ability to shut you down, but. That like blocker side high shot seems to be like the real kind of sticking spot where he just he always seems to have some problems with it. Uh, Because, you know, even like the announcers are picking up on it and typically, in all honesty, once the announcers are picking up on it, then secrets out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that he's definitely felt more human, but you also have to think about they've played more hockey over the past three years than every team has. So at some point, the human factor does kick in. I would still take him over Kemper or Fransos any day of the week. <laughs> like, um, I don't know, man. I, I also like it's kind of nice because we get to see Cam McCarr on the national stage. and Not that we haven't for the past month or so, or really for his entire career being up. But this is the final spotlight. This is all eyes in the hockey world and beyond on you. Um, but I, I will say that a name that um that probably doesn't get enough love, obviously, Kael McCarr is an absolute beast, young freak of nature defenseman. But another name is Bowen Byram. I guarantee you that by the end of the series, if the Avs end, end up winning, it's Bowen Byram has a massive series. He, on basically any other team, he would be the equivalent to the Kael McCarr. He does not play that role. Um... On the abs, obviously, because they have the one and only Kale McCarr. But man, I would, I would trade a lot of things for the Caps to pick up Bowen and Byram. I'll say that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'm, you would I'm, also
0: do that for Kale McCarr. Oh, dude! I mean,
1: I, I think everybody would. Bo and Byram is a beast too, though. Like an absolute beast. The reason he, that he also hasn't gotten a lot of national talk. Um, well one because because he's on the team with kamiar and a bunch of other just absolute freaks obviously with McKinnon and Landeskog and Kadri and so on and so forth um but um he's struggled with uh concussions the past two years and so that definitely has played a factor into him just kind of being a slow rollout um but he's this is the longest stretch that he's been healthy and man he's he's rolling so. I'm, I'm, I'm expecting abs in six or seven.
0: I, I expect the same. Uh, what I will say I did not expect was for people to make a, what they believe is a legitimate argument that Tampa Bay's path to the cup has been significantly more difficult than the abs. I just don't think Tampa's as good of a team, but at the same time, you, you look at it and they play Toronto in the first round. Sure. Toronto was a good team. However, Toronto, historically, can't get out of the first round. Then you go play Florida. Well, you swept Florida. So how much of a fight were they really putting up? Then, you know, you've got New York. And while New York did win the first two games, they got just dusted the last four. Maybe not on the scoreboard, but in terms of like they they just didn't win them. You know, that you win the first two, then you lose four straight. That ain't good. So it's one of those things where I'm looking at going, did Colorado play Nashville in the first round Nashville? Wasn't, you know, all that great. Yes. But Colorado also earned the right to do that. And at the same time, is there a team that's the equivalent to, you know, Nashville on the other side? No, but Florida won just as many games as Nashville did. So sure. Florida was a great regular season team, but They beat the Caps, who you and I, you were a little bit more uh, interested in seeing how far the Caps would go. It took me a while to kind of hop on that bandwagon. And just when I started to get hope, they kind of fell apart. But I'll admit, like, I didn't really expect much from them going into this postseason. So, how good was Florida really when it came time to, you know, put your big boy pants on and actually do something?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think stylistically the caps would have give given Tampa more issues obviously than than the Panthers did. With that said, uh, you know, the caps blew it. Um <laughs> so it's that's hard to say. I I guess I hadn't really thought about the path there. I mean, I think uh I, I don't know, man. Uh th- Colorado's lost two games all in the past basically basically the past month and that includes injuries that includes um whatever it's uh injuries and um yeah I guess just injuries I'm blanking on other things but you know those, I th- those two losses are both against the blues
0: well see that's what I'm also gonna say is I I think there is a safe argument that can be made because of how disappointing Florida was that St. Louis was the best opponent for either side of, of the teams that made it into the cup. And if that's the case, I feel like that kind of like evens out the fact that Nashville was probably the easiest opponent. So, you know, it's, it's one of well, those things it's,
1: where- it's It's hard to say. I, I think the Nashville series would have been very different if Soros were healthy. I don't want to say that the Avs would have lost, but I would imagine that Nashville I mean that that first game they got absolute shit pumped well I don't even remember what the score was like it, six it was nothing like, a,
0: like yeah it was a lot to none <laughs> it was but, like six nothing after like the
1: first period
0: yeah but like whether he's you know healthy or not I gotta take you know what was given to me so I, I can't really play the what if game if I'm trying to say you know who has the toughest path there because the, the questions have already been answered it's just up to you to you know form your opinion so like for me I don't really think that Tampa's path, if you know there were an objective way to figure out who did have the harder path, I really don't think that it's that much more difficult than uh, Colorado's if it were objectively more difficult like i I don't really think it's that far ahead
1: yeah it's it's I don't like comparing those paths um obviously it's it's natural, especially for the media to talk about but It's just, it's different. There's so many different scenarios um, with the time off, you know, momentum. Once again, we, we saw it. Tampa, I think if, if their experience showed anything is that even with the past two years and more so that really the past like decade of them having deep playoff runs, they had a week off and they were still rusty. Momentum is literally everything at this time of the year. I worry about that for the Avs, but also at the same time, this is the Cup final, so you're going to have a ton of you know just adrenaline out the wazoo. This is what these guys grew up dreaming of. Um, I, I'm also I would also like to point out that the the key matchup is going to be the McKinnon line versus the Anthony Sorelli line. Sorelli um, line was the one that Cooper was finally able to to get uh, to suffocate the Rangers top line. Um, also, a few weeks ago, we talked about how Gerard Gallant is uh, very stubborn with his lines. Well, he makes the controversial cut of a uh, cut, but uh, option to bench Capo Caco, second overall pick a few years ago. And um, can't even have the, the, the kahunas to justify why in the postgame press conference. Just basically says, I don't want to talk about it.
0: I made a change because I felt like I needed to make a change. And then when I was wrong about the change, I didn't want to own up to it.
1: To a guy that it's, you know, I get it. Capo has not exactly produced as a scorer, but he does have the potential to bring other elements like his size. Um, He doesn't necessarily play super physical, but um, that is something that, you know, you would regardless he's a young player, you want to give him the playoff experience. Instead, they put in a guy who I think had one or two 30-goal seasons when he was in juniors. Other than that, has not produced much at the NHL level at all. So what's the point of doing that? I I don't know. He gets paid the money, not me, but we'll see. I think it's going to be interesting to see with the Rangers moving forward with him. Obviously, he's noted for his playoff success, but people forget that he took the the Panthers to the playoffs uh, a few years later uh, he, they, they ended up paying for his, or they didn't they left him on the side of the road. Um, and he ended up having to get pay for his own taxi to go to the airport after they fired him. And then obviously he gets hired by Vegas has a good early run. Well, the first year a run to the playoff, uh, to run to the finals. And, um, what happened a few years later, he got mixed up in a weird goalie controversy with, you know, flurry and Leonard ends up getting canned. Uh, We'll see. I mean, he's definitely, he's a good coach, but I think it's safe to say he has like a three-year window before the players just absolutely learn to despise him, so.
0: Yeah, well, with that said, we're going to move off of hockey because there's still a lot of stuff to, you know, develop out of this. Right now it's a preview. There's, There's only so much we can do until they actually play the games. I expect, you know, Colorado to come out, look a little rusty, uh, I do have a buddy out there in Colorado who's very upset with me for saying that. Uh, sorry, dude. Uh, it's, it's just how I see it happening. I still think the abs are going to take the series. You think the abs are going to take the series. A, a lot of people, it looks like, you know, the money's now going on Tampa. And I think a lot of people are just riding, you know, the, uh, the fact that they could be going for a three-peat hmm. and that like, that seems like a popular you know, storyline because it's easy to grab at. And it's also easy to grab at the fact that Colorado hasn't had postseason success yet. But, you know, it's one of those things where I'm like, all right, well, I've seen way too much of situations where like the team that everybody's super popular on ends up not exactly being what they wanted them to be. So I, I just I think Tampa is fresher in people's minds. And that's why they're going that way.
1: There is one storyline that we haven't touched on that to, to, to give five seconds of love. If Tampa ends up winning, Patrick Maroon will have won four cups in a row.
0: (laughs) Okay. The guy who uh, is busy engraving names onto uh, the ring has got to go, this guy again? Seriously? Uh, So, yeah. (laughs) One team that has not been winning anything as of late, although they came dangerously close to this past weekend, we make the jump over to lacrosse uh, in the PLL. Water Dogs and Whip Snakes, easily the game of the weekend, in my opinion. Uh, water dogs pull up short in overtime. Unfortunately, that's not my main takeaway from this because being a long-established lacrosse fan, uh, it's one of those things where I'm I kind of I try to look at this and unless it's archers, because then I'm just watching it for the sake of watching my team. I watch for good lacrosse. Uh, you know, I definitely watch for the storylines. I also watch to support the league. And I'm curious to see like how things go. And Truth be told, I was happy to see that there was a very good crowd out in Charlotte. Uh, first time the league had ever gone to Charlotte. So, nice job getting some some butts in seats there. Wasn't sold out, but at this stage of the game, unless it's, like, Homewood Field and Hopkins or they're going to Long Island this weekend, like, I, I could see those stadiums selling out for certain games. But Charlotte, I, I think it's one of those, like, growth markets that just isn't there yet. But, yeah, you know, I really... I was really disappointed that for what felt like the second straight week, the game that was broadcast right before the best game of the weekend was the one that was broadcast on national TV as opposed to streaming options. And the best game was just kept to streaming options. So I'm a little disappointed because I feel like, you know, had this game been on national TV now, granted, you look at what happened you're not sure the water dogs are going to be the best option to put on national TV. They had a rough go of it last week, but, or the week prior, but it's just, it stinks to be that time slot right after and you have the best game and you're sitting here going like, we well, could have been the one on broadcast TV. If you really wanted to build uh, momentum for the league, get some more average fans in it. Like that was the game to do it in. So hopefully, you know, there's, there's good streaming numbers from it. But I also wonder when it comes to streaming, how many casual fans are going out of their way to watch those games, especially since it's not like one of the first ones in the watch ESPN ticker. So it's one of those things where I go like, ah, it, was this a missed opportunity? I really hope it wasn't, but I really feel like it was.
1: I see. I, I feel like you're, you're speaking directly to me, Sean. So it's uh, we've, we've been kind of, documenting this over the past what month maybe You're between right. the 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 NCAA um, tournament and then um, you know the Pll season starting and Sean slowly converting me I've watched more lacrosse in the past month than I ever have before in my life all 27 years uh, you know prior basically um, so yeah I will say within the ESPN app you do have to dig for it um, you not only have to dig for it you have to swipe when you find when you get to the sports. You have to swipe over to find the cross. I really wish that they would reorganize that to put like the in season sports first. Um obviously we can't really do anything about that. And then as for the, the game of the week, um star power. I mean, I'm not really one to judge because I'm not I'm just now beginning, you know, from more familiar with some of the names in the league, but it didn't seem like that matchup. Obviously, I believe it was a rematch of the semifinals last year. It was so i guess there is that intrigue but otherwise it doesn't sound like there's a ton of star power to make that the game of the week Uh, overall play i would definitely agree i mean that, that i my weekends are are i'm all over the place so it's it's hard for me to watch them live and i i do stream after the fact and i'll typically shoot sean a text when you know if i'm watching uh a quarter here and there or a half here and there. And, you know, when I have time and I watched the first half of the water dogs, um, game and I, cause Sean was like, definitely check it out. And I was like, all oh, right. I mean, I can see why I honestly, Sean, I mean, when you sent me that after I watched the first half, I was like, okay, so he's showing me a defensive battle. Cause it basically was, I believe it was like six to three or something like that. A half, Um, at the end of the first half, we had a little bit of skirmish going on. There were some big hits. There were some big saves. There were some really nice power play moments or is it a man up, whatever they they call it it power play. Um, and I was like, all right, like this is Sean just trying to showcase, like, this is a, this is a very clean overall game. It has a little bit of everything. And Sean's just like, shoots me a text back. You got to check out the second half. So I, it took me a little bit, but today I finally got around to watching the second half and, uh, third quarter nothing special you should have said the fourth quarter and onward man if you had told me at halftime that it went to ot i, I was like oh man the, i just those, wanted you
0: to discover it for yourself
1: i will say though, water dogs goalie man is good
0: <laughs> you know what here's the here's the strange thing he's their backup goalie hmm. because their main goalie who is an all-world talent starter on the canadian national team is still in the NLL season because unfortunately for these PLL teams, particularly the chaos, the Buffalo bandits and the Colorado mammoth have not finished the championship series yet. They're going to finish it this Saturday. So that you're going to go three weeks without a lion's share of your talent because chaos, as I have mentioned before their whole roster is basically the Buffalo bandits. So and then uh, Dylan Ward, who's the primary goalie for Water Dogs, he is the goalie for the Mammoth. He, I believe, he's the only goalie who plays uh, NLL as well as PLL. So, just a uh, very unfortunate twist of the fates that your one goalie who crosses over also happens to be in the championship series.
1: Well, so let me let me ask you about that. So obviously there's not really much that they can do in the way of scheduling with that. And I guess it's a good transition. The guys are in shape and just assuming that they, they have enough juice in the tank after a playoff run to be able to, you know, transition. Um, what, what does the practice schedule look like for PLL?
0: You know, in all honesty, I actually have no clue. Uh, hmm. So the players are played or er, played, paid a full enough salary that if they really wanted to, this could be their only job. Uh, they get paid i'd say about as much as like a a first-year teacher does in howard county which is about like 35 40 grand a year uh so nothing special but if you really wanted to if you're like a single young guy who's coming out like as a rookie or something you can live on that especially because i believe the league also pays for travel and like takes care of your hotels all like the little minimal stuff that the mll didn't do the, the pll is actually making sure to do to take care of their players so could they have more practices uh, i believe that they could yeah you know, i see a lot of like social media clips of guys like back in their hometowns during the week running like camps or something like that so truthfully I-, I don't know where they're at but there is at least like a day or two each week that they can practice with each other to try to get themselves back in they don't just you know go out there and essentially play pickup ball there there are some practices i just don't know what they're like
1: so do they uh, do they I-, I know that they there is no uh, you know like city moniker attached to the the team name but yet yeah well <laughs> yet, well, but Paul, are they Paul Rabel all... has
0: admitted that they're they're going in that direction like at some point they're going to have to do it
1: okay because I was going to say like I mean so like water dogs where are they based out of like do you know where they would practice or are the guys all over the place and then they just come together Guys, that, are, am I asking too many questions?
0: <laughs> no, I mean you're you're asking all the right questions because these are the the logistical things that's like pushing the league towards saying you know eventually we're gonna have to go towards city base rather than tour base because that way like your players can get together they can practice consistently if they're all based in the same city and that way you know they can they can go out on the field and like they're already putting out a good product but now they're gonna put it out even better because. Right now, in terms of how things go, they have like maybe a weekend or like a, a, a half a week, week of training camp, and then it, it's go time for the season. So I, I think eventually they'll get there. Uh, largely also because you know it, it is tough to maintain something where it's like you know, hey, you're in town. So like next weekend they're coming to Baltimore. I have made a point to go to every single you know event that they have in Baltimore. Unfortunately this year just my schedule is so like jam-packed and crazy that on that weekend I'm not available. So, you know, could I have gone uh this weekend or like the weekend prior, I could have. But, you know, I can't go and the league has to be contemplating, you know, sure we're getting good sales in certain places but are we doing that and establishing a good enough baseline? That we can have teams based in these cities, have them go, like, have multiple home games. And, you know, that way the people who were missing out on these, like, select weekends that were in town. For some reason, Boston has two weekends this year. I don't like it. Ooh. Yeah, it's it's their schedule. There's something to be desired left with their scheduling. But that's that's
1: Canon's still roughly based out of Boston.
0: Well, they're going to be uh that's so when they go city base that one's just a natural fit they already have a fan base there like everybody who pays attention to it would be legitimately floored if cannons go anywhere other than boston uh but all the other teams as of right now they don't have a home city uh some people have prognosticated that the archers may end up in somewhere like philly i pray to god that they don't Uh, because I don't want to have to become a fan of a Philly sports team. Uh, But that said, uh, they'll they'll get there and they'll become more city-based. Guys are spread out all over the place right now. And it's largely because, you know, some guys live in the city where their NLL team is because that's easiest for them uh, because, you know, they, they do the crossover between both leagues. Uh, Someone like Tom Schreiber, I think like lives in New York, but plays for the Toronto Rocks. So he's, he's all over the place it's Hmm. it's an interesting mix uh like a lot of the guys have started to move to san diego largely because they have an nll team there Uh, a lot of the guys who played for the seals moved out there it it's all sorts of weird stuff uh based on locations and a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know this league is a tour based model so there's really no reason for them to be centralized in any one spot
1: yeah i mean i i think it's cool to at least to begin with you know like uh i
0: it's a novelty that is eventually going to wear off because you're gonna start i i worry that they're gonna start missing more people because of like you know we're only in town once as opposed to you know okay now we've got our core base of fans now we'll spend a few more weekends here
1: mm, Hmm. yeah um yeah i don't know sorry man I, i'm, I'm <laughs>
0: great podcasting
1: great great podcasting um <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you after why Why i, I kind of like froze for a second um yeah it's a, it's so
0: a, it's a weird balance to figure out i mean there there's no hiding it's just you know it's, well I, w-
1: I was multitasking and i i looked into something i really shouldn't have
0: you're gonna have to send me that link uh also great podcasting but I don't know. Uh let's let's move back to the actual games that did happen. Uh you mentioned Cannons, they were uh unfortunately on the game that was broadcasted. They were without Lyle Thompson, the best player on the planet or at least very close to it. Uh cuz he was, he, somebody else may have replaced him, who knows. But to me, best player on the planet. They were without him. Uh their faceoff situation not as good as Atlas because they have the goat faceoff guy Trevor Baptiste. Atlas right now look like an absolute wagoon. They steamrolled Offensive the game, Yeah. And their defense has also looked very, very good. And in terms of like teams having continuity and everything, I think that they right now are the most solidified team in terms of like players who are still in the winter league uh, archers, like their best attackman and men is injured. He hasn't played yet this season. Uh, Chrome, I think, are also pretty solid across the board, but they were also the worst team in the league last year. So, you know, like Atlas had the momentum from last year and the consistency on their roster. So it, it just feels like they're the most solid team right now. And they have steamrolled their first two opponents. Uh, they're going to go into Long Island. They're going to be going up against the Archers. I might cry myself to sleep on Saturday (laughs) while I'm driving home from Philly. Uh, But we'll we'll see. Uh, Fingers crossed that that doesn't happen. But
1: uh... hey, man, it's not that far of a drive. You know, (laughs)
0: at at least in at least in this case, uh, actually, part of me wonders if I could make that game because it doesn't start till eight forty-five.
1: Depends on what time you're leaving Philly.
0: Probably be out of there around like five, but either way, you I, could I,
1: definitely make it. Yeah, but I'm I, not putting I, any bad ideas in your head.
0: Uh, yeah, it's it's also not a pay weekend, so I don't know if I can spend the money on that. Uh, either way, they're oh wait, no, that's two weekends from now. I'm sorry, they're going to Long Island this weekend and they're playing the Whip Snakes. So this is the barometer game for I think both teams. Again, apologies for the mistake. That's two weeks from now, and that actually will be a pay weekend. I might be in trouble. Uh, but Atlas Whip Snakes. let's go ahead, let's dive into both. I mean, Atlas, we already mentioned, they're a wagon. They're really good. Jeff T and Chris Gray, just an absolutely unfair combination uh, to work together, but they are just top to bottom. Even Jack and Cannon and Cage, he's still giving up the occasional two-bomb, which he really struggles with, and it, it, it's strange. You watch him play, he is incredible on the doorstep but he struggles with long distance shots. So the more that you watch Atlas, just keep your eye on that. Can Cannon it, it's weird. He makes some of the most like mind-boggling saves from like 2 feet in front of him and then like a 20-footer he he just has trouble tracking. So,
1: yeah, so actually I was going to ask you that in college, do they have the two the 2-point shot too?
0: They do not. Singles only.
1: Okay, interesting. But that arc is still at, on the the college field, right? it
0: is not it's a, okay it's so not. they have it set up as a box uh where it literally looks like a box uh and it's based on like an old rule set why they set it up that way it's also like that flat line uh the the horizontal one is what's called the restraining line that has to do with face-offs i won't bore you with the details and our listeners with the details right now but it, there was there was there was a rhyme and reason to it mm. but the arc is now the new restraining line uh, college will, I think eventually trend itself into the two point line, but they're just not there yet. Cause I mean, they took forever to adopt the shot clock. So they're going to be a little bit stubborn about this one too, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So,
1: well, I mean, man, I have to say so far, so good. I, I, I wish I, I had the time the past two weekends to sit down and watch uh, a live game, but hopefully at some point this, 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 uh, this season, how do they run the playoffs with it being like it?
0: they've they've had to change it they've had to change it each season but uh the city-based thing so they are doing uh i believe they're doing the quarterfinals uh in boston they're also yeah they're doing quarters in boston they're also doing the all-star weekend in boston which is probably my least favorite thing that they're again doing boston twice uh do they do
1: anything fun for the all-star weekend
0: yeah yeah. no they, they have some fun stuff that goes on uh semifinals are in dc i will probably end up going to that mm. uh and then uh the finals are in philly so they, they've changed the format of it each year but it looks like they're keeping the same format uh for this year just standard quarter semis and uh finals the first year they did it they had some interesting like you know Winner's bracket and then essentially the loser's bracket was also like a battle for the first pick overall. And I got to be honest, I really liked it. And I'm kind of upset that they went away from it.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, that's the never-ending debate within like the NFL in particular about having the the worst teams play for that, you know, to to avoid tanking.
0: I mean, it's for lacrosse, I give it a little bit more credence to football because football does put such a strain on your body. And compared to like the NHL, NBA lottery, at least in this case, you're leaving it up to the players on the court, or or on the rink, or on the field. You know, you're not leaving it up to to a ping pong ball, which just feels a little unfulfilling. But yeah, for for the Atlas Whip Snakes, this is going to be a huge one because Whip Snakes, they are two and zero. They only have a plus two goal differential. Uh, they have easily been the biggest machine so far of the first three years. Uh, They just went to overtime with water dogs. They squeaked by an undermanned chaos team who doesn't have the majority of their roster, a point of which I have beaten to death. Uh, But now we see if the whip snakes can, you know, kind of get back on track or if, you know, we really all should be hopping on the, uh, the Atlas bandwagon. So I'm going to take this quick second Jumping back to Atlas, I know I said to dive into them, really hitting Atlas more than anything, but I have to make this point. I hate people who wear the jersey number zero. (laughs) Now that said, I have also committed myself to purchasing uh, the jersey of any Towson alum who plays in the PLL to show my support for them. I am now in a conundrum because Kobe Smith, note the last name, Graduated from Towson, plays for Atlas, and is wearing number zero. So it is really testing my mental fortitude that I'm about to justify buying the jersey number that I absolutely abhor for players to wear. And I think is the worst option that a player can pick. And it's going to have my name above it. <laughs> it's it's killing me.
1: Are you at all related? <laughs>
0: No, you'll notice some skin tone differentials that show we're not related, (laughs) but it still kills me. It's just, it's a small thing, but I notice jersey numbers. I am a little bit superstitious about it. I'm big on the fact that like, you know, if I'm wearing a number that isn't 19, like I just don't feel like I'm going to play as well as I normally would. Zero to me, like the the number zero is the absence of value. So to pick it as your jersey number to me says, oh, yeah, I am bringing no value to this team. I could do a top five worst jersey numbers out there. And like I would throw out 63 because that just looks like a gross number. But (laughs) zero will forever and always be my number one next to maybe double zero.
1: Oof. I know I also I, I, I'm kind of you know staying within the lac- lacrosse realm PLL um, they're they're trying to do like a fantasy model and I forget what they're calling it. it's a little different than a traditional fantasy league
0: it's almost like FanDuel where you kind of like pick a player and you get the points for it I haven't been able to successfully create an account with them yet because their app is not playing too well with Android but I know what you're talking about
1: yeah that's through ESPN right
0: uh if i could log into their app and figure out how it goes i could tell you but i have yet to be able to create an account that actually works so hmm. i have no clue
1: gotcha okay i know that they had obviously they had commercials and stuff for it, so I'll, that's why i was wondering but
0: i mean i would love to i would love to figure it out uh it, it seems like it's something that you know is definitely fun and, and interactive for the fans and something that is a good idea so I, I will hopefully, you know, kind of come back with you with a uh, paid IOU of IOU some information on this.
1: Oh, well, man, you're like an encyclopedia of this stuff for me. So it's been <laughs> it's been good. I, you know, I um, I'll, I'll be honest, it's kind of refreshing for me to, to watch a sport where I don't have any skin in the game at all. I don't have a, a a favorite team. I don't even know many of the players, if any of the players. Um it's kind of nice to just like it's it I I I don't know how fresh. It's refreshing, I would say. And I can kind of just sit back and I'm not worried about like, you know, the, any any of the the underlying plots, um any of the the beef between players from last year, any of their college beef, you know. I I don't know any of that. So it's like and it's rare because in every, basically every other sport I at least have some you know background of that so it's 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 it feels brain spanking new to me.
0: <laughs> Wait until I make you watch an archer's playoff game with me and you have to sit through that emotional roller coaster with me. you will not be thanking me later
1: uh, well, you're assuming that
0: they're gonna make the playoffs, <laughs> yeah because ever legitimately everybody does oh see. now I look <laughs> <dumb>. <laughs> How are you going to have quarterfinals in an 18 team league if people don't make the playoffs, Chris?
1: True, true.
0: <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, uh, we're getting a little bit closer on time. We still got about 10 minutes left before Chris has to, uh, to skedaddle. Uh, but let's hop into Good some word. news and notes. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the Baltimore Orioles, there were rumors that they were going to be moving cities. Uh, because the Angelos brothers are beefing with each other over who's going to control the team. Uh, I believe it was John Angelos who put out the statement saying that the Baltimore Orioles will forever stay in Baltimore. Seemed to quell that fire. Uh, then today, I see dumbasses like Rob Parker over at FS1, who he's the kind of guy who, who goes for the you know hot take for the sake of a, of a hot take, but. When he does it, it's pretty much just half cocked going off information that, you know, everybody else has already given uh, stating that Baltimore is just not an MLB town anymore. Uh, Long story short, dude does not know what he's talking about. The reason why people aren't going to the games is because the team has sucked. Why has the team sucked? Because the owners are awful. So the team doesn't need to move cities. They need to change owners. The only reason why he's making this claim about the Orioles is just because they aren't considered a blue blood organization. But if you were to flip to the NFL, someone like Rob Parker can make the exact same argument about the commies. Just Washington is considered a blue blood NFL franchise. So nobody's going to make that argument. But my quick note on this is just where are you going to move them to.
1: Like, well, everyone's saying Nashville, but man, I yeah, you think Nashville wants baseball? No, the Orioles are The Orioles are not going anywhere. I I will say they're. The, I think the the big thing that's being forgotten about this is, one, they just did that that wall renovation at Camden Yards. Two, I'm pretty sure it's a it's in the billions of dollars that's being invested with the city of Baltimore in conjunction with the Ravens and Orioles to kind of, uh, I shouldn't say kind of to upkeep the Harbor front. I think they're, they're redoing all of that at some point. And within that is dropping a ton of money into both MT and T Cannon Yards. And I think they're trying to like create more of a sports pavilion type of area within the city, which would be pretty sick. Um, as long as it stays safe, but, um, they're not going anywhere that is and apparently within the lawsuit which we'll never actually see uh it was just like a sentence thrown in there it wasn't a long dabbled out um thing it it was just like a basically just like a oh and by the way i'm gonna move the
0: Orioles. (laughs) the only thing that should be moved in the city of baltimore is not the orioles it's the hilton hotel that is blocking the view of the clock tower So that way we can get the old Camden Yards view back. That's the only thing that should be moved. That being said, uh, another news and notes, NBA, uh, Steph Curry, (laughs) Warriors, they win the last game, game What's the NBA? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The not interesting association. Oh, wait, that's the NIA. Um, Not bearable association on most nights. Yeah, there you go. I'm adding a few extra letters there, but (laughs) either way, um, Warriors win game five, uh it, it was a ref show again. Uh, you know, Marcus Smart gets pushed off by Clay Thompson, doesn't get called. Subsequently, Smart goes down, gets called for like a push off or something, uh, or the ball goes out of bounds. They they throw it in. Uh, Smart then gets called for like you know, whacking the guy in the face when it's pretty clear that he did not whack him in the face. At best, he grazed him, and I'm being generous with the word graze uh then because you know he's questioning the call that was so clearly terrible uh he's frustrated from what happened before uh you know he gets attacked. all the momentum swings in the way of golden state andrew wiggins decided to kind of play up to his talent abilities uh where steph curry was <laughs> not playing to where he normally was clay thompson was making shots uh draymond wasn't god awful like he had been for a while uh it's it just seemed like one of those nights where Golden State, they actually won this game, but largely because on the other side, Boston just tried to play a bunch of hero ball because they made a ton of three-pointers in the third quarter to make a comeback, and then they decided that was their only option going forward, even when they went ice cold from three. So Boston had a chance to keep the game within reach. They had a really, really good uh, third quarter, got it close. Golden State decided that's enough of that. Uh, now we have another three days in between games. So we'll go from Monday until Thursday without a game to watch. Uh, not really a fan of that, but we keep complaining Stung. about it. The NBA never changes it. So at this point, I'm just talking to a brick wall that is in the form of Adam Silver. Uh, any thoughts on it?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think y- you've you given the NHL some love for for the for the most part the every other night I think with the finals you will have i i could be wrong I haven't looked at the whole overall schedule of it but typically there is one or two games that they do have two nights off but that's just for the finals every other series is is every other night um man as for the nBA as a whole it's just so hard i i the Pll is more interesting to me by a long shot right
0: now I mean I would agree with you but I'm also wickedly biased so that that's right not so really so you
1: much. As someone who's not, as someone who's a, a a new fan, I feel weird. I don't. I would not consider myself a fan. I'm. I'm.
0: You're. I'm, you're I'm watching. Where I, you're where I was at when you were first getting me really into hockey.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm watching. Yeah, I'm not watching the NBA.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean the only difference is like for hockey, I had a home base team to kind of attach my loyalties to. You. You don't have that for PLL. Right. So, which is
1: kind of a good thing.
0: So. Yeah, I actually, you know, this is a good question so far from what you've seen. And we'll make this the the second to last thing, because after this, we'll wrap up with our trivia question. But so far, if you feel yourself kind of leaning any kind of loyalties towards any PLL franchise, where are you leaning right now?
1: Who? Okay, so this is not just a recency bias thing, just because we were just talking about them. And I'm not trying to play the oh i'm just gonna you know pick the team we that that was the best game of the week but. And maybe I maybe i'm just like trying to do that whole thing where I pick the bad team, so that way I watch them you know, over time grow i've watched two of the water dog, well i've watched both of the water dog games this year. Um, I don't know I I mentioned to you, I, I like their color scheme. Um, If you want to pick a really
0: bad team to watch grow, you'd actually be picking Redwoods. So you're not picking the worst team in the league because the Redwoods have been trashed this season. Yeah, oh
1: my gosh. I watched the first half of their game last week against Atlas, right? Yeah. Oh my God. They were so bad. And like completing passes were difficult for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: no, (laughs) they they are a dumpster fire right now. And that's putting it mildly. Uh, But Water Dogs, as you were saying.
1: Yeah, so the Water Dogs, well, one – they have a good goalie, so there's something right away I can kind of latch onto. That's an easy thing. I'm coming at it as someone that doesn't even necessarily understand lacrosse as a whole. I've kind of been biased, even though I've lived around it my entire life. They've got some D men that can shoot. They had a two, a few two point shots this past week. Um, they play a physical game, probably because they have to because of the of their lack of like offensive pop. And then they do have a trigger man who we were mentioning before we were recording, or I actually brought up. Michael Sowers is kind of like their, their uh, I don't want to say high profile guy, but you know, he's, he's probably their most competent offensive playmaker. He, he won um, that's
0: Wharton. So yeah. Or if he didn't, he should have, but no, he, he came out, he has a lot of publicity behind him. He is their high profile player
1: yeah and i mean to me that that's as someone who's coming at this totally um you know as, as a new fan this is a uh, it's refreshing it has a little bit of everything i will say their main advantage i really liked the, the 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 ball movement that from both teams that game that was a very good game honestly i would say that's probably the the easiest game i've had um keeping up and trying to f- understand the the strategies from both teams um Maybe I, I could be wrong here. Do they both play more of a p- possession style game than other teams? Would that be safe to say or?
0: Yes. It's also hard to do with the 52 second shot clock because everything just moves so quickly. Mm. So it, there are some teams that are a little bit more deliberate than others. I will say that.
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like the purple man. I'm, I'm not saying I'm, I'm, I don't know um other than that i mean i've watched some redwoods they are not good to watch they're not even interesting to watch um it's painful yeah i'm gonna have to say water dogs for right now we'll see let's see let's see what happens by the end of the season i like that that's a good thread to to to, to string us through the whole year
0: (laughs) well that will be uh the final like main topic that we discuss on but we will keep a tab on that one throughout the rest of the season now To wrap up this podcast, uh, our trivia question of the week is uh, Steph Curry in game five of the NBA finals uh, did not manage to complete a three-pointer for the first time in – it's a two-parter – first time in how many regular games, including regular season and playoffs, but also how many playoff games. So he has two streaks – both like they were both active the fact that he didn't make a three killed both of those streaks what is the number of playoff games consecutively that he had made a three-pointer i probably could word this question so much better uh but consecutive playoff games that he had made a three and then consecutive total games that he had me or that he had made a three what are those numbers uh feel free to comment on twitter uh, you know, let us know if you know the answer, uh, try to do your best to not automatically go to Google and look it up. Cause I just think it's more fun that way. Uh, but let us know the answer and then we will either confirm or deny it for you next week. Uh, thanks again, guys for listening. We'll see you next time.